Hey y'all, it's me, it's T, the queen bee in the place to be. Still rocking in this new era. It's a brand new day. Happy day. Allow me to welcome you once again to the Bold Journeys podcast. Yes, Shout out to Jesus, my homeboy. Where will we be without him? Where? We certainly don't know. But I tell you this, I'm super excited to be right here, right now, with you in this moment in time. There's no place I'd rather be. Y'all know I love you, right? I know. So, let's go. I want to start today's show off with the biggest, most loving, most compassionate, most full-hearted virtual hug to black men all across this country. What is going on right now in our supposed civil society is just terrible. I don't have another adjective. I don't even know what could accurately express what I feel and I'm not talking about the protesters I'm not talking about the unrest I'm talking about the institutions and the systems that are in place to protect white supremacists to protect racists to keep discrimination, unfairness, and the status quo in place. That is what I'm saying is awful. So I want to say to each and every black man and black man child, I love you. I see you. And I care about you. I care about you as a child of God and as a black man and as a human being. You have a right to exist. You have a right to live. You have a right to pursue your dreams and do what normal Americans do. And with that, I want to share some words from a very wise, very gifted, very driven man. And this was several decades ago that he shared this. And it's apropos now, which is an indictment on us and on our country it says and i contend that the cry of black power 
is at bottom a reaction to the reluctance of white power to make the kind of changes necessary to make justice a reality for the Negro. I think that we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear the economic plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. Dr. Martin Luther King said those words before I even came into the world over 40 years ago. And here we are in 2020 having the same conversation. That's an indictment. But this month, again, timely and appropriate, I, for the first time right here on Bold Journeys Podcast, am highlighting men. It's the man month. I celebrate women, but I am here for the freedom and the empowerment, the upliftment of all people, man, woman, boy, and girl. And so for the first time during Father's Celebratory Month, we celebrate Father's Day every June, I want to highlight some amazing dads doing amazing things. Are you ready for it? All right. So my guest today, I am super excited. I know y'all like tea, you always excited, but I'm super, super excited about today's guest. Today I have joining me none other than Pastor Kwame Crosby, the Reverend. Kwame Crosby grew up in South Central LA. He is an LA native, not a transplant like I was. And though he had a rough upbringing, it absolutely shaped him for the work that he does today. He has many, many accolades. He has his master's in theological studies. He even sits on the People's Leadership Council for Congresswoman Karen Bass in LA, as well as active membership in the Pacific District Missionary Baptist Association, serving as the Dean for the Congress of Christian Education. He has a real passion for serving others, for seeing people grow, and like me, seeing those aha moments, seeing those defining decisions to do great things on their faith walk. So join me in my excitement that my brother is here, Reverend Crosby. Thank you so much for being here, Reverend Crosby, my brother and my friend. How are you today? I'm in incredible yes you are anytime you're on top of the ground you're doing well yes yes you said it absolutely right and i'm just thrilled that you are here with me with our friends in the internet land 
this is this is going to be epic. So, Reverend, I am doing a spotlight on Amazing Dads for the month of June. We celebrate Father's Day in the month of June, and I've done a lot of highlights of women uh, throughout the show. And so for the first time, I actually want to shed some light on men doing great things in the community. And naturally, you were one of the first people that came to mind. So let me take it back for a minute because you are a father, okay? You have children, but you are also a spiritual dad, which is so, so important as well. So tell me, how was it when you first came into ministry? Wow. Um, I came into ministry uh, January 1998. Um, before then, I wasn't even in church. I mm. came and I was dating a young lady and she was singing in the choir in her church. So I said, you know what? I'm a surprise her. I'm going to drop her off and I'm going to act like I'm going to do something else. So I'm going to come back and surprise her. But before I, to my surprise, uh, before they sung, the pastor got up and preached. And I just found myself getting up and walking down the aisle. I had a blue coat on, black pants, a hole in my bottom of my shoe. Mm. But ever since then, I just followed to follow Christ. I was saved at nine, but I didn't really understand until 28 when I came into the true saving knowledge. So mm. ever since then, I've just been deeply uh, searching the scriptures and, and getting spiritual advice. And within two years, um, the Lord called me to the ministry and it scared me to death. Because yes. I made every excuse not to do it. And my revelation came because he spoke in a clear voice and he says, if I called you, I qualified. Yes. And I stopped. And then he reminded me of Moses and all of his excuses. And ever since then, I said, OK. <laughs> and I came and I started, you know, I, I came into my pastor's office, uh, Dr. Ewan Gaddis, and I was crying. And I said, the Lord called me to the ministry. And he said, I've been waiting on you. Wow. So, you know, since then, it's just been trying to learn and grow. Um, I've been preaching now. Um, March 5th was my 19th year. Wow. Preaching the gospel. But I've been pastoring uh, March 31st, 2016, where I, you know, uh, my late pastor, Pastor Foster T. Maharis, he passed away of cancer mm. a week after his funeral. The church leaders met and they off they wanted me the pastor. And then I agreed within the next that next week, a unanimous vote from the church. So I started pastoring six days. You know, most time it takes a year and they see. Yeah. I already knew and they knew. So it's been a blessing. And then we did the grand finale, the uh, installation service, January 2017. And my life changed forever. Yes. And you have been doing just amazing things ever since I've known you. So I know it's just 
developing even more and it's going to be even greater. Reverend, I want you, because you have always just been so supportive of me and given me great advice, and because there's so much going on right now in the news, there's violence happening, there's really unrest happening, what would you say to a young man or a young woman who is just feeling lost during this time with so much going on from the pandemic to politics to police brutality, what would be a encouraging word, a disruptive word that you would give a young man or young woman during this time? Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that these things are going on. You, you have yes. to, you know, sometimes we bear our hair, head in the sand as leaders because we don't want to be called political. We don't want to be called, we don't have tolerance. But the, the Bible <laughs> teaches us separation. And I think the biggest issue that we have in our society right now is a sin problem. And the only cure for the pandemic, for police brutality, for all these different things is knowing Christ and being transformed in his likeness. And a lot of us say that we're Christians, but we don't do Christian things. Mm. Now, you know, uh, you know, with that situation with the, the brother in Minnesota, um, mm. it, it bothered me. You know, my, my wife and I could try to give me to see the video. I don't need to see the video. Right. Because I know what they can do, you know, yes. um, and it's a mentality. You know, people will want to scream racism and all that. It's a sin problem. See, the, the, the thing is this. When you do not know Christ as your savior, I'm not surprised when you do anything. Come on. You know, it's too many of us who think because, you know, if they was really saved, no, it's not about that. They really, but we have to teach it and we have to stand up as men and as people of God to say enough is enough. When are we going to stand up as a church and go out to the community and talk about Christ? See, people will say, as soon as something happened, I, did, I don't hear about Christ, but that's the only one who can fix this. That's it. <laughs> you know, when I think about Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, he didn't say if the people he said, if my people who are called by my name. So he's not dependent on President Trump to pray. He's not dependent on these wicked racist leaders and these people who, you know, given all this false information. Because, see, sometime as Christians, we can further the devil's agenda by having confusion, mm. by not participating, but not standing up and not saying anything. But mm. I stopped by to tell you that we serve a guy who sits high and he looks low. And sometimes mm -hmm. these pandemics are happening and this priest brutality is happening because we are not, as a community of baptized believers, praying. But remember yeah. when he said, not only that, he said, not only pray, you have to humble yourself. See, some mm -hmm. of us is praying in pride because mm -hmm. we think we got something and they don't have it. Instead mm -hmm. of sharing it, we want to keep it to ourselves. And I think it's criminal that we keep our, our salvation to ourselves and we don't show other people how to get it. So not only do you not humble yourself, but then, you know, you have to turn from your wicked ways. You have to be above reproach. And some of us is out here talking about all this brutality and everything, and we want to burn down. Christ ain't burned down nothing. And then the sad part about this is 
they're burning down stuff in their community, which tells me yes. this. They burn down the stuff that they can walk to. So if you can walk to it, that's in your community. So how's that helping you? And then the same people are going to be the ones crying out to the government while we have our stores open. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to organize, let's organize and go to the communities where this where the people reside. They mm-hmm. don't want to do that. And they ain't praying. They don't want to sit up. They don't want to, you know, we don't, we want to rally. We want to protest. We, emotion have nothing to do with God's grace. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. If God, sin is sin. 110 years ago, same sin, still sin today. If we don't, mm-hmm. if we don't put all of our forces towards changing the mindset, he said in his word, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. In other words, you got to have Christ's attitude. You 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 have a problem when you just about black or you just about white. If you my color is red, and that's what Jesus died on the cross for. You know, and, on, I, the blood. And, and, and I listen to our leaders and I listen to everybody. You know, I know black lives matter. And then you got these racist folks saying all people's lives matter. But in thinking about that, if, if you know, I heard Terry Anderson say this from Lily Grove. He said, mm-hmm. I love all the bones of my body, but if my arm hurts, that's why I'm going to go get checked out. So since mm-hmm. all lives matter, but since only lives that seem to not matter is black lives. That's and, right. and, and if you think about how can you be saved or how can you even have Christ in your purview when you have your knee on someone's neck? And you, mm. and you know, that wasn't the troubling part. The troubling part is his hands was in his pocket. Yeah. That mm-hmm. represents such defiance. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't, even though you may not agree with it and you didn't participate to take them off, even because of your life, you're just as guilty as the rest of them. You have three other cops there. Acting, no, the people who was filming, they should have said, you know what? I got to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. That's just like me walking past someone and a man is brutally beating down a woman. If I call myself a man, I make sure this man never puts his hands on no one else ever again. If I got to go to jail because I saved this young lady's life, so be it. We well, keep well, trying not to be in you. jail. We keep trying not to be in jail, but Paul was in jail. Everybody wants to jail. And they saw yeah. why he was in jail. And we worried about our yeah. image. See, we choose to we choose to serve. We were more afraid of man than God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about different things, the Bible speaks clearly on, we're silent. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be like, I mm-hmm. don't want to really want to get into that. Why? Because your friends are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to go march on Washington to know that there's an issue in this country. All all cops are not racist. All cops are not bad. If you want to change the system, I sat on a board in 1992, 18 years old. You know, my dad was a, mm. I'm a son of a Black Panther. So, <laughs> so they had an organization where they the com, the police commissioner they had a pyramid and it had the police on top, community precinct. So we flipped it on his head. Yes, but, and we was the council that took and look at a lot of these cases in 1992 and what mm-hmm. we discovered is when you look at the average cop that's driving in our neighborhood they don't live in our neighborhood 
So you want to change community policing. How about putting the police within the facility? I don't advocate that you put the person that lives in the neighborhood in the same neighborhood. No, but they ought to be within their facility within 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You know why? Because most people who come to work feel punished because they live in Mm. the white neighborhood. So now they come to this black neighborhood and they, instead of, instead of assimilating with the culture, they think something is wrong with the culture and they take it out on. Yeah. But yeah. if you grew up in yeah. the community, you can think like him. And sometimes you can prevent stuff before it even happened. Because as a minister, sometimes these young cats who think they know everything when I end up talking to them, see, they don't know my life. before. I ain't always been saved. So That's when you right. speak their language, then they be like, oh, you understand. What do you talk? You know, you know, I got pulled over by cops. I got pulled over mm-hmm. cop one time and they told me to get out the car and get on the ground. Mm. I said, for what? Well, they said you stole your car. I stole the car. So if I stole this car, you ought to arrest me. So before you do that, I need you to call Captain such and such. And they was like, well, why do I need to call him? I said, because I need him to come down. And then if he tells me to get out the car and get on the ground, I would do it. And I said, mm-hmm. by the way, you have 48 hours to prove that I did what I did. If you don't, I will own your station. Well, who do you okay. know? And then they made the call and they let me go. I said, no, no, don't do me no favors. Mm-hmm. You know, but but in that same vein, I work with cops who care about the community. So we, right. we want to throw them all in the same barrel, but it don't take much to make it right. But, yeah. but the, the, this is the thing, that other thing that we, when we think about this is the fact that even black cops is more important Blue is more important than black. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't, they would stand up. Right. That cold blue is no joke. I've known cops oh. that have been in it. I've, I've known. Mm-hmm. You, the biggest gangs is not on the streets. The biggest gangs is within the prison bars, the sheriff department yeah. and all those things. They got tattoos yeah. and everything. So my mm-hmm. whole thing is until we deal with the sin problem, and we shouldn't be shocked at all these things. We, we're living in the last days. But we're not in the last day because the third temple ain't been built yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm paying attention. That's right. <laughs> yes, we got to be on the lookout. Reverend, I also want to ask you, and that was excellent. And I know what I love about you is what you speak across the pulpit, what you speak in private conversations. It never changes. And I always say this, we have to be disciplined. We have to be consistent and it's no days off. And that's something that I love about you because you are really a man of your word and very honorable. What do you tell your two sons about being an honorable man today? The best thing I can tell them is by living the life. Because when you're around me, it, it, you know, I try to demonstrate it. They see how I love their mother, mm-hmm. which is, is my wife. So it's not my booze, mm-hmm. not my, none of that. So when right. you honor your wife, you honor the best in yourself. And we have, to, we, and we have these conversations. How do you treat a lady? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I talk to them about how to carry themselves. You ought to dress in a certain way. So whether you're in Compton or in Beverly Hills, you fit in and your fitting mm. in has a lot to do with your mentality. What are you thinking? See if you, mm. too many of us, we aim low and we hit. 
instead, right. of, okay. instead of, of scribing for a little bit more. You know, mm. too many of us, we, we, we live a life of mediocrity and we're comfortable in that. And then we complain when we're in the midst of it. So I always mm. told my kids, you can do anything you put your mind to, but make sure God is in the center. And, you know, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, no, God got to be first. Well, no, God should be in the center because if God is in the center, he's who's better to control your life from within than God. That's it. But when That's you put it. God first, sometimes you have to choose between mm. first and second and third. Okay. And sometimes can we be honest with yourself? You look at our lifestyle. Most of us, God ain't nowhere in the top 10. That way we mm-hmm. carry ourselves. So always teaching to be respectful, to be honest. If you even be honest and it may cost you that's okay but do it to the best of your ability you know but it's hard though and it's hard because we live in a society where uh tv is flooded everything is flooded with tolerance and and trying to be inclusive and trying to respect everybody all that stuff is good but when it comes against the bible the bible is clear either i'm a follow god or i'm a follow man that's right so that's imperative if you're going to be a man, do what men do. And you stand up for what you believe in. And, you know, my son, my oldest son had things with the, with the cops. But I said, you know, a lot of stuff I learned, I learned in the barbershop. Yes. <laughs> and people talk about rap music all you want to. But I learned. Ice Cube made an mm-hmm. incredible video. Keep your hands in the steering wheel. <laughs> Don't get smart. <laughs> Answer okay. all questions. He said, that's the first mm-hmm. lesson. Stand alive mm-hmm. as shit. What my kids and what our kids as black and brown people go through, white folks don't go through that, to the most part, unless they try to assimilate us. (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. You know, so, you know, it's a different set of rules. It shouldn't be. I want to teach my kids, you ought to, everything is equal and whatever. I said, no, you got to play the game to win. See, while they're playing checkers, you must play chess. And if you understand, and I taught my sons, if you understand chess, the pawn is the most powerful piece on the board when you use it correctly. Mm, mm. Everybody want to be a king and a queen, but be the pawn and move correctly, and you will win the game. And I ain't played it so long. I I know I get whooped right now, but (laughs) uh, the analogy works. (laughs) Yes. And you still got the fundamentals. We were talking about that last night. Right, right. Still got those fundamentals. Right. Fun fact. Fun fact that I recently learned about you that I thought was so cool. We won't mention any names specifically, (laughs) but I just learned that you are actually pretty good friends with one of the most handsome men in Black Hollywood. And (laughs) you knew I was going to talk about it. We're not going to mention any names. We'll (laughs) let the ladies think about who it is but ladies you already know who it is i promise you have been crushing on this guy and he is friends with my brother he's friends with uh reverend crosby so tell me a little bit about when you first met this celebrity and and how that conversation went (laughs) It, it, it was crazy um he came into my office and, you know, he wanted to uh, look at, try to do a, a dealership. And he was partnering with one of my friends and, and, you know, he, I met him and he was just so in, 
when I told him when, because one thing my friend told him was like he's a preacher, he's a, and he was just enamored with that. And we just and wait, so everybody knows this was at the DMV in Los Angeles. That's where uh, Reverend Crosby retired from, and this handsome, handsome celebrity <laughs> wanted to start. Um, or was thinking of investing in his own car dealership. Right. So just so everybody knows what we're talking about. And so what else happened? <laughs> so, you know, it, we were just going back and forth um, in terms of how do I prepare my messages? Um, you know, how do you know, all the stuff that's going on, how do you balance this both? And, you know, mm-hmm. we had that conversation and um, he was real humble. You know, I had a whole line of people wanted to take pictures with him. And I yes. said, I looked at him. He said, I do it. And he would have been, and, and, and you talk about fun fact. It's funny because when he came into my office, there's a picture of my wife there. Mm-hmm. He said, do you know that lady? I said, yeah, that's my wife. He said, really? I said, yeah. I said, so I started sitting in my seat like, what the right. fuck? Right. <laughs> I said, you know, I said. What you about to tell me? <laughs> He said, this work with, I said, she works here with me. He said, really? That's right. He said, just trust me. I said, I just met you. But I said, okay. So I went to go get her. <laughs> I didn't tell her who was there. So he went back there and he was like, <laughs> and he said, oh my God, I just met your husband. Um, he said, 15 years ago, I gave you the copy of my first movie and I was seeing do you have it so I can get it back and she started backing up she started blushing (laughs) and she was like and he remembered that wow and he was like wow and she was like oh my god you know she was like um I I think it's I don't I still he's I I don't know where it is and he he said I'm kidding I'm (laughs) kidding I'm kidding but it it was funny uh it, it was funny it was hilarious but ever since then um, the things that I do for the community, he's always try to help out. He's always try to be there. We communicate, um, you know, and it's funny because a lot of, I met a lot of celebrities. I met a lot of people, but the mm-hmm. funny thing about it is the only celebrity that two celebrities that I was nervous. Mm-hmm. One was Muhammad Ali when I met him. Mm-hmm. And the second one is Jesus Christ. That's the only one that I was All right. You know, everybody else was like, you know, they cool, you know, and I guess they appreciate that because you don't mm-hmm. always trying to groupy, groupy, groupy. It was just they was mm-hmm. more enamored by what I do than what they did. Yes. You know, um, I don't have very many friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Bible mm-hmm. said if you can count five on your finger. You're doing well. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, uh, I know a lot of people. I met a lot of people whatever. But, you know. One thing about me is you got to watch the company that you keep and they got to have the same mindset as you do, you know? So if you don't do it, then you get caught up in stuff. You'd be guilty by association. Yes. Yes. And find yourself in a world of trouble. Oh my goodness, (laughs) bro. Y'all I just, let me just put it all the way out here because I am respectful. That's the reason why I, address him as reverend but this is my brother so when we talk offline it's like bro (laughs) really so i just need y'all to know that but listen kwame reverend crosby 
I'm so appreciative of your time. So thankful. Listen, let's plug what you have going on. You are the pastor of Sermon on the Mount Missionary Baptist Church in Los Angeles. Where can folks tune in to hear your sermons, your Bible study? How can they find you? What? Where can we get in touch with the church's information online? Uh, we have a website. Um, it's SOMMBC.org. Stands for Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount Missionary Baptist Church. Um, we have a YouTube channel, SOMMBC channel for YouTube. Uh, we on Facebook. We have it's the Sermon on the Mount Missionary Baptist Church is on Facebook that we try to do um, with this COVID pandemic. It allowed us to get more viewers, more followers. I don't really it, it took a long time for me to go online due to the fact it's never been about me. Mm-hmm. But then as people start to say it and people say, you're right, it's not about you, but we still need to hear the word. That's so it. I had to settle and do it you know we do to the best of our ability but i enjoy it especially the feedback um we do our bible studies on wednesday night on zoom and do it facebook and youtube all at the same time um so no matter whatever platform you have and you can ask questions um you can jump in uh like my sister does and uh enlighten us oh yes You know, so I love that. I'm and grateful. that that's just one thing that differentiates you. I don't think I've seen anyone, definitely not anybody that I can put my hand on easily that does it across the platforms simultaneously. So that is amazing. And that just goes to the heart of the matter, which is you want the people to get the word. You want to normalize our faith because unfortunately it still is so much stigma attached there's still so many question marks where there should be periods so reverend i i just i appreciate you and i just want you to know that i see what you're doing and i know you're going to continue to do great great things amen amen i thank you for even allowing me to be on this platform and this you know, podcast. This is the first one I've done. Um, I've sat down. First, and did... we're doing first. Yeah. <laughs> first time I've done a podcast. You know, I, I, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy what I do. Um, I enjoy. I mean, you on all the platforms. I mean, you you're a mm-hmm. best selling author. You you give weekly Bible right. studies. You empower women to do great things, which I'm encouraged. And you know, it's good to see my wife can sit on and watch some things as well because. My whole thing, you don't have to get it from me. No matter that's where right. you get it, and just make sure it's the truth. <laughs> that's that's the it. Key. That's it. And one thing I know is about you, you preach what the words say. You don't give your opinion because there's no time for your opinion when you're dealing God's word. His word that's is speak right. for itself. So I, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm just humbled um, at your invitation. And we're going to do this again. Hopefully. Yes, we must. We must. And that is a wonderful final words so we will close on that note and that's that on that hey get this here's your weekly reminder from t let's cancel the cancel culture let's grow in grace and love that is the only way we're gonna see 
the turnaround in our communities and in our world. Let's love our fellow humans. All right, we can do it. And as always, this and every episode of Bold Journeys Podcast has been brought to you by the lovely people over at T-Bold Media. Don't you love those guys? That's my crew. You can visit tboldmedia.com to grab your copy of Journal for Your Journey, an amazing prayer journal that's going to help you crank up your prayer life, take it to the next level. It's going to show you how to pray the scriptures and get the results that you want. You can also get a copy of the amazing self-development book, Induction to Power. This book is going to take you where you need to go in terms of mindset to help you go around that next corner to get that goal achieved, to launch that new thing. You know that thing that you've been thinking about all this time. That's Induction to Power. And if you want to grab copies of both books, there's an amazing power bundle that comes with a cool T-Bold bookmark. You can get that all at the T-Bold Media website. Go visit that. You won't regret it. I promise. Also on the site, you know, you can link to the Heal Girl Prayers. You can link to other interviews with moi. Just want to get that good, good to you. So visit that site. Also, you can email me. You can link up to my social media. Everything from the site. Let me just say, at T-Bold Media, we're establishing a whole new culture. We are impacting lives and we are conquering great things with power, passion, and purpose. And please know this. I'm rooting for you. You've got something in you. You can do it. You just got to work it out of you. And I know you can. Walk it out and work it out. Rock with purpose and light. And until next time, hello.